Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal! While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. A generation ago, all of this would have seemed unheard of. And what's new to the world now will be incomparable to what's coming up next. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. Greetings and salutations. Hoping all is well. And see if I can check the speed back that I'm getting a little bit. But another episode of Things Up Here. And last week of uh, football practice, as far as like scrimmage, I want to say spring, but it's the fall. And you can tell there's a lot of excitement going on, at least within myself. But we also have. The women's basketball team, they've been very active as far as getting some recruits in, as well as the football program, as far as we got a couple recruits to get offered as well, along with having scouts on campus. And we also have, we had a Rattler in the NFL. Should have been two, but feel a little some type of way about that. But we're also going to talk about our last football game of the season, which is going to be the big Florida classic, if you're an old head like me. And then we're going to go inside the den, and we're going to talk a little bit about how do we celebrate our players once they get to the NFL and the right way to do it. So that being stated, women's basketball, two players got offered this week. Dakota Allison, she's a guard from Edison Academy in Detroit, Michigan, 2023 prospect. And we've seen where Coach Pillow is making a concerted effort to be able to sign good talent and to be able to improve the football program. Like one of the hits that she's been able to receive or people have been taking is that we didn't have a women's basketball camp this year, which is understandable. We didn't have a winning record. Program didn't look great this year. So, but at the same point, we as a fan base, we want to win. And we see where kind of the why are they doing it and why not us. So, that's something to hopefully get improved on. But one of the ways to fix a program is to continue to recruit your way out of it. And Dakota Allison could be a great get for us. We also saw where Jordan Ross. She's a 6'2 guard from Houston, Texas. She was also offered guard forward. You know, women's basketball is a little different as far as just because height, size, whatnot. Good opportunity there. 
though, so you continue to see within FAMU's basketball program, we're trying to recruit our way out of this problem of not winning. And again, the winning wasn't the or the losing wasn't just because we weren't good enough. It was also because of COVID and other things like that, lack of players on, on the court at times. But going into this next season, we can't have another four win season. That that's that's not gonna be acceptable for the masses. I myself, I've said it multiple times, I'm very comfortable with ten wins. Like ten wins to me is like the base number. To expect someone to go from four wins to fifteen or twenty is unrealistic. Now, ten to me that's reasonable. I think we can exceed ten wins. I think we could do much better than that if things line up well and if we do well within the conference. But I think ten wins is an attainable goal. And we're seeing where Coach Pillow is continuing to recruit a way out of it. And she's doing it quietly. Like and we're seeing some good things happen there. We also saw with the golf, pro, uh, golf, excuse me, the bowling program put a player on scholarship, student with good grades, that's here to help that APR. Like, we need that. Whoever the, whoever the new athletic director is, we need to improve that APR, those GPAs. We need that information to look good. So that's one of the things we're definitely going to be looking for. Now, FAMU football is the talk of the town. It is a thing that, if you are following on social media, has the most going on. We're getting daily videos, daily pictures, constant information to feed all of us who are interested in watching. And one of the players that was offered was Tyler Walker Jr. He's a local kid, though, 5'10", 160 athlete. He's an eighth grader at our Raw Middle School in Tallahassee, Florida, 27. Man, oof. My, my shoulder itches even just thinking about that. Like 2027, that's going to be quick. But you can see where FAMU is aggressive. They, they're not the only ones that have noticed that this is a talent and that this student has some potential. Some people list him as a linebacker or project him as a linebacker in the future. Right now, he's a DB receiver. And I'm guessing he's that's either Godby or Leon High School. But it's good to get in early on those type of talents when you can. When you recognize that this person is a good player that has potential, that is something that you're going to want to take advantage of. And you're seeing that family recruiting has been doing that. I coach to bless on social media has been lighting it up. And if you haven't been watching, haven't been following, you're kind of missing, I don't want to say a resurgence because resurgence isn't the right word. You're seeing, one, a rebranding, but two, the development of an elite recruiter. I, I would be very surprised if he lasts a FAMU more than three years just because what he's doing recruiting-wise is not normal. Even as much as we talk about what Jackson State's doing, they're not doing what he's doing. Like, part of why they're winning like they are it's because of the investment in the program. But considering the upheaval, the uncertainty related to FAMU athletics, especially in the form of leadership, not on the football team, that's pretty remarkable when you're looking at how well 
and how focused and how consistent the relay, relaying and sharing of information is. And now you're getting professional scouts that are coming in this week. The Oakland Raiders were there. So we've seen the Falcons, seen the Raiders, a couple other teams show up. I believe the Dolphins were there as well. I'm looking for the Jaguars. Like, damn, you should be one of your feeder programs. Like, I, I, I don't understand how Marquise Bell made it past Jacksonville. I mean, I, they, they have really good safety, but still, that's right in your backyard. That's three hours. And then the Cowboys get a steal. <laughs> so, uh, but last scrimmage of the season was yesterday. And when you listen to Coach Simmons talk, one of the things that he mentioned was that this is after this point, I should say, is when FAMU is going to start preparing for the University of North Carolina game. And supposedly secondary looks good. We've seen that in the different videos. Thank you, uh, Josh Padilla and staff. But we're able to see that that FAMU secondary has been very aggressive. They've been jumping routes. They've, they've gotten interceptions. Not all the passes were perfect, but that's that's the nature of the beast. That's the game. Like No quarterback's going to throw perfect passes all the time. But for me, when the ball comes near a defensive back, I want him to catch it, and I want him to take it to the house. And we even saw in the scrimmage some house calls, uh, according to the coaching staff. So we, we need to see more of that. And supposedly the defense started out kind of strong. They were ahead of the offense, and that's pretty normal. Very seldom, unless you have a very experienced offense, not just quarterback, but very experienced offense, meaning most normal, most times the receiving core, the offensive line, and the quarterback are all very experienced. Amy has good experience, especially a quarterback and receiver, we're going to see with the offensive line, how they mesh together. But the defense is normally ahead. So it's not alarming when Coach Simmons is saying, well, the defense is ahead of the offense. That's kind of normal. But what was kind of, mm, was when it was being said that if the defense started strong, kind of falls off, the offense comes on later, and that we're looking for consistency. So... That's that as a fan is something that I personally am going to be like, hmm, what we what we got going on. So, hmm. but this seems like a great time. Take a break. Thank for one of our sponsors, AT and T. So we're going to play a little little quick second, fifteen second demo for them. His things up. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. All right, we're back. AT&T, Dream in Black. And thank you. They've come on to help sponsor many of the shows across the HBCU digital universe. Uh, if you did not see the other day, we had one of our uh, other shows also joining in. So thank y'all. Now the big Florida classic. It is the biggest game of the season. It is the most important game of the football season against our rivals. 
and those rivals would be Bethune Cookman University. Like I, I, I'm still Team Jackson State's not my rival, <laughs> but I like the people from Jackson State, and I, I I love the people that I've met from Jackson State, and the, the one student, former student that I have on the Jackson State football team, one of my favorite, one of my favorites from my time. Uh, at the at that particular school great guy but this is the robbery last year's game was 46 to 21 fam use what it was the end of a decade long losing streak we literally went 10 years nine but really about a decade without beating bcu in it as a FAMU fan, I cannot tell you how frustrating that was. <laughs> it, uh, I don't even want to think about that stuff because we, we beat them. We, we have bragging rights, all that good stuff. But, man, the Wildcats were entitled to every piece of trash talk that they got. Now, last year, statistically, BCU averaged about 24 points per game. That's fewer than FAMU averaged. They also averaged about 114 rushing yards per game. Again, less than FAMU averaged. And they averaged 221 passing yards per game. Again, less than FAMU averaged. Yes, I'm being petty. But uh, <laughs> that being stated, uh, one of the best things about this game was it was cathartic. It was a dominating performance. Cookman Cookman took the lead early though. Like let's let's not talk. Let's not forget. Excuse, excuse me, I said let's not talk. Let's not forget. They had that huge return, huge big play at the beginning of the game. Like it's like, oh crap, here we go. Here come them Wildcats. And Fami prevails, largely because of the defense. Like Fami's defense was on that night. BJ Bowler, I come on. That dude was running like a scalded dog down the sideline once he gets that fumble. Like, but turnovers are really the difference. And if you're not familiar, BC BC, oh Lord, I almost called the BCC. <laughs> I'm that old. BCU. Let me just say Cookman. There we go. That works better because I won't be saying BCC. I hadn't said that in years. But Bethune's or Cookman, uh, but Cookman's offense is normally probably going to be a little more run heavy. They do like play action passes, but they're a defensive football team. They they tackle well. They hit hard. They normally have pretty good running backs. Like it's a consistent program, and I thought they were going to do better than that last year. I did not realize though. The impact of COVID. COVID decimated that roster. And we're not talking about the actual COVID coronavirus. We're talking about Cookman starts their preseason practice, probably the last school in the SWAC to do it. And their preseason training, it just really messed up what they do and how they prepare for the season. So once they get to the FAMU game, Cookman's probably in midseason form. Like, it wasn't all bad. So this year, 
is going to be interesting. We've seen the videos of them running across the bridge, and I hadn't seen the beach video. Right, Cookman's always good for that. Hey, we were on the beach, running in the sand, trying to look, you know, a certain kind of way. We hadn't seen that this year. And that's a team that should definitely get their social media presence up. Like, Daytona's a small city once you go over there, but Cookman's kind of the main drag. But I digress. The game in general, though, FAMU won largely because of that. And because we just out-talented them. Like, honestly, like, we just had it. Like, our defensive line was menacing. Our secondary was aggressive. Like, even when McKay slightly missed on a pass, the X-Man caught it. You're like, I see you, Professor X. Like, I see you. Like, so we're going to see, though, what happens this year. Because now, Cookman gets the whole season under their belt. They get last year's uh, season in. But they also got a couple new players. They didn't go transfer portal crazy like some of the other schools. But what they do get, they get some big, they get some hitters. And one of them they already got. Like Kamaria Vert or that tight end. How about that? Buddy is, he's that dude. All world tight end. Pretty much first team swack everything. Good size. I wasn't able to pull up his size because it may have changed. But BCU is updating the roster on their website. So you don't know what guys are currently on the roster right now. But he's on all the preseason things. That dude's going to be a beast. Like The question is going to be, can our linebackers and safeties match up well with him? That, that's going to be a question. They also have Omari Hill Robinson in the secondary. That's supposed to be another guy that's going to be huge for them. And they got Walter Simmons the third, a Q, QB from East Carolina. Another, another big piece. So we're going to see within this game. It's, it's going to be the classic. Like it's, it's just that game. It's the end of the year. You can kind of throw out the records. And that's cliche as to say, but it's true. Like when Famuel and Bethune Cookman play each other, it's gonna be a physical game. And both bands are gonna be going at it. And so it's just it's so emotional. It's so much fun though. It's a great atmosphere. And for me personally, I think because FAMU Amy's talent has had those few more years in the system. This is kind of, some people have called it the last dance, but a lot of your major talent is going to be leaving the program, potentially after this game. Hopefully not. Hopefully we make the Celebration Bowl. I would love to go to Atlanta in the wintertime for the Celebration Bowl. Not no other reason, because it snows up there sometimes. But that being stated, I think Amy wins this game again. So it's Great time to get a winning streak. Uh, <laughs> and I think Fabian wins this game. I don't think it's a blow up. I think it's, I think Fabian wins because I think the system, I think Fabian is recommitted to running the ball. We've noticed that the run game travels. BCU has had a really good run game. 
solid defense. And they win with that. They've won with that. FAMU's been the more pass-happy team. Turnovers, especially big-time turnovers. Like, no disrespect to Ryan Stanley, but a lot of the FAMUans are going to look back and be like, interception at this time, interception at that time, and the game either changes or it's over. And sometimes he was put in a bad position. It wasn't always his fault. Sometimes it was. But that being stated, we saw last year, and we ran the ball. <laughs> like, we made sure we ran the ball, and we won the game. We won the game nicely, too. Oof, that was cathartic. But this year, I think it's closer than last year because you get a football team that's had an entire preseason to prepare, and you're finishing the football season against your rival. And I think Cookman has a better football season than they did last season. I think some of y'all sleeping on Cookman. I said that last year, but I didn't realize COVID did what it did. This year, ain't no COVID, but <laughs> I think Cookman gets maybe five wins. I, I, I Hopefully that's enough to keep Sam's job because I think he's one of the better coaches in the SWAT. I think a lot of people would overlook him because of really his cooking. But, and because he's not so braggadocious. He, he's him. He's a straight shooter. Real cool dude. I've met him in person. Nice guy. But, I, that, that game's going to be closer than a lot of y'all think. That Jackson State game's going to be closer than y'all think, too. In Jacksonville, I plan to be there. I ain't going to lie. Like, that's an away game where Fanny plays Grambling. Yeah. But back to the Florida Classic. I think FAMU wins this game. I'm going 38. Uh, Cookman's going to run the ball. They got that new quarterback. I didn't look. This is on the fly right here. I think Buddy's going to be good, but I, I'm wondering about his targets. Namely, outside of the tight end, who are the receivers? I'm going 38-21. Dang, computer won't use 24. I'm going 38-21, FAMU. I think FAMU wins it. I think at the beginning of the game, it is like always. Cookman's hype. Marching Wildcats are playing. We hear that devilish let's go Wildcats. We said the song bumps. I ain't going to lie. It's like the whole stadium is saying, let's go. You may not say Wildcats at the end. We say Rattlers on our side, but they, they, the Marching Wildcats are a good band. Like, can't take nothing from them. But I think 38-21 is a good score. I think I haven't seen any betting lines because y'all know I don't really gamble like that. But I think Amy wins. So, all right. Great time to take a break. We're going to give AT&T one more time before we get out of here. And we're going to talk about some of the things to do Classic Weekend. Because I, I think that's going to be some of the things to do. Like, talk about something to do when you come visit FAMU or when you go to some of these different cities. And then we're going to go inside the den. A black future happens all the time. 
is built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. All right, we're back. And so, Classic Weekend, you're going to come to the Florida Classic. What are some of the things to do? First and foremost, go to the Battle of Bands. Like, it's a good experience. If you've never been, it's not only FAMU and Cookman, though. A lot of high schools, and I'm be honest with you, you can get tired of hearing the same songs. But some of the really good bands are going to go up there, and they're going to show up, and they're going to show out. And at the end, you get FAMU and Cookman doing their their thing. And it's a little more intimate. It's not like at the football stadium where even if you're close to the field, it's mm -mm. at the arena, though. Yeah, it's it's a better if you're a really band person. To me, it's, it's a little better show, even though the field show is the field show. It's amazing. Everyone has their uniforms on, but it's just it doesn't have the intimacy that the Battle of the Band uh, Battle of Bands has. So that's one thing you need to go to. Now, the Saturday morning, university breakfast. That's another fun thing to go to. If you're in high school, though, both FAMU and Cookman have, like, it's I want to call it preview, but for those who've never been to preview, at like a Florida State wouldn't get it. But they have, like, an event where you can go to and family puts on a whole performance like students put on a show they're singing they're doing all kind of things that's normally the friday before the classic that during the day if you're a high school student it's worth your trip it's worth your while it's it's fun great experience also the vendors like the vendors are there from friday really through sunday go check out the vendors like fish sandwiches, just all the stuff that you shouldn't eat, that you like, the vendors are there. Like, you got to check out the vendors. You got to check out the tailgating place, too, because one of the one of the unique things about the Florida Classic compared to, like, homecoming and some of the other things is it's almost like frat row on the main street going into the stadium. Like, the Kappas have an area. The Omegas have a section, like the different families have their things. And, and if you know somebody that's screaming at you, hey, man, how's it going? Come on in. It's it's really like a family reunion. And this, to me, is the best rivalry in the state of Florida because of the game. Like, those are the only three hours that you just can't stand BCU. Only three hours where you can't stand FAMU. Like, after the game, you come out the game, you're talking trash, you're celebrating, or you're quiet. But it's a real family atmosphere. It's just, there's not that, I hate, it's not that hatred. There's not what you get when you go to, like, Florida State, Florida, or Florida State, Miami, where people are fighting in the stands. You don't get that. You get the, man, yeah, we're going to kick your butt next year, man. Y'all got us this year. Like, it's that difference in the black experience because at the end of the game, we're like cousins. Like, I can talk trash about you. You can talk trash about me. 
I can pick on you, you can pick on me. But if somebody's not in the family does it, then we both gonna fight you. And it's it's just that atmosphere. And it's just the, the goodness of it. It's the fun, it's the bands. Like that is one of the best parts of the game. Like the Marching 100 and the Marching Wildcats going back and forth is awesome because BCU's gonna play like funky stuff or something like that, know, whatever, whatever. But then they play the butt. Sorry, BCU might have the best rendition of the butt. Like, AMU's rendition is solid, though. I'm not going to lie. We came a long ways. But BCU, yeah. They hit that thing. Don't touch that stereo. It's over. It's over. Like, and Wells is rocking. Like, they, it's, it's a competition. Four, it's four quarters of competition. And one of the best parts is the end of the game. Because if you stay to the end and you kind of know some of the band culture, after the game is when some of the players or the students that are in the band are officially, they're in. And you see them celebrate. And they are, they're emotional and they're excited. And regardless of the outcome of the game, they're able to celebrate. And as a family and a person that cheers on our students, I'm always happy for them. I'm always happy to see that. And that's always something that's exciting to see. And it's just it just adds that little thing. And then you got a trophy presentation for whoever wins. Like it's all of that. And then it's the parties. There there's their parties the whole weekend. Like they're having a place this this that there's always something to do that weekend. The law school has something. It's just it's a weekend that is so filled. With so much to do, and I gotta hit my sweet tea real quick. It's actually Arnold Palmer, uh, but there's so much to do, and it's such a great atmosphere, such a great vibe that everyone should attend. Like I'm, I'm just going, I'm gonna say it like that: everybody should attend. Everyone should get the opportunity to come to the Florida Classic, and I think family wins, but. Those are some of the reasons and things to do. And if you're like me, you're from North Florida, come get some of this Caribbean food. Oh my gosh. I never had Jamaican food until I moved down here. Like, there's a Jamaican place in Tallahassee, but it's not the same. Like, you got Negril, Caribbean gold crust. Like, oh my gosh. And they ain't paying me to say none of this. All those places are fire. My favorite place is on 434 called Miller's. Little mama pop shop. I like jerk chicken. I ain't gonna lie. Jerk chicken is my thing. Jerk chicken and beef patties. I don't know. Whew. That's my favorite. I got, I got a little extra jerk sauce on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come down here and get some of this culture while you come to the Big Florida Classic. Now, we're gonna do one more ad. I know, I know, I know. But we're gonna do our last one. And then we're gonna go inside the den. Do we celebrate these players when they go to the NFL? Or not. We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. A generation ago, all of this would have seemed unheard of. And what's new to the world now will be incomparable to what's coming up next. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. 
All right. AT&T, thank you again. So do we celebrate these players when we go to the NFL? So uh, if you weren't familiar, yesterday, AMU had a player, should have been two, Seahawks. I don't have that in my teeth, but you know, when you're a little upset, you suck your teeth. Looking at you, Seattle Seahawks. Cut the boy. Anti hoos and anti ways. Uh, but uh, one of the players that did play yesterday was Marquise Bell. And Bell played for the Dallas Cowboys. And while he's on the Dallas Cowboys, he started. So, like, first thing you're like, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Marquise Bell is starting? I, I knew he was. I knew he was. Okay. That boy good. That, that, that boy good. Like, you know, no, no, like, yes, full coming to America, pun intended. But the dude starts. Like, I knew he, he kind of got a little bit higher on the depth chart. Uh, some, some folks were talking greasy about my boy. Trying to say, you know, he might not make the team. And then other folks like, yeah, we should have drafted him. But the Cowboys knew what they were doing. Yeah, I'm still loyal to these Dallas Cowboys. I know. It's still how about them Cowboys? Cowboys and Bucks for me. But I was like, man, why didn't we like have a little something, some popping circumstance, you know, before he goes in? But then somebody mentioned, you don't want to look thirsty. And I was like, dang, yeah. And they didn't get drafted. Okay, I get it. I get it. But for me, when a guy makes the league or the CFL, man, that's that's something you gotta celebrate, man. You gotta you gotta have that things that says like rattlers in the pros. Something about fam you guys and fam you students and our student athletes that make it to the NFL. Like we have to say something and do something because part of that's recruiting part of the reason for the Deion Sanders Travis Hunter spiel is that Hunter wanted to learn from the best that ever did it now you can argue if Deion was the best whoever did it was somebody else I ain't gonna argue with you I watched Brian yeah he was that dude he was that dude when he was like with the Ravens and old, like he was definitely that dude in Atlanta. Like those are like some of the best games to ever watch. Like Dion with the Falcons was fun. So that being stated, you got to celebrate the athletes. And I do like that. After the fact, we get some good pictures though. We got some pictures of Marquise Bell because we got the picture of him hitting the quarterback. We don't have the picture of the beginning of the game where he makes that first tackle, where it's like, oh, snap. All right, Bell. Like, it was assisted to a certain degree. Uh, he, com- he comes in and cleans up, but he starts the game. He makes some, some great tackles. He gets seen. If Even if he doesn't make the Dallas Cowboys team, I feel like he gets picked up by somebody else. But I think he's going to make this Cowboys team. Like I, I'm just saying. He's showing himself to be versatile. And being a guy that can do so much. So 
do we celebrate or not celebrate when players make the professional leagues? I would say yes. I say NFL and CFL, definitely. Arena football, if you want to. I understand why you may not celebrate arena football because it's a lesser brand. Not saying the guys are less talented, but it's a lesser brand. And the players are aspiring to make the NFL. And if they're aspiring to make the NFL, we want to show them Rattlers at the best. And one of the Rattlers that was at his best was Ken Riley. And he should be in the Hall of Fame. I feel that. Like, he switches from quarterback in college to become a defensive back. And then he's a beast. Like, probably one of the best athletic directors we also ever had at FAMU. Like, that has nothing to do with him getting to the NFL. But he had a balanced budget when he was here. Like, he was good. Great athletic director. So, that is going to be our show for today, y'all. I'm going to make sure I leave us by y'all know AT&T. We got every family has a story. Dreaming black, share yours. Uh, so shameless plugs. But it's as always, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. And this is as always, things up. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it.